today we're going to be starting a series on the book of James. Book of James is an awesome book about faith in action. Uh, would you open up to the book of James with me this morning? We're just going to read the first verse today. Um, it says in the introduction, James 1, 1, says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. All right, that's it. We can all go home now. We did the introdu introduction. We're all at, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> would you pray with me as we open up? Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for this wonderful church. Uh, I pray, Lord, that uh, as we open up your word now uh, and dive in, that you would keep our hearts and our minds open to what you have to teach us this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I saw the blue screen reflecting on my tablet, and I was like, uh-oh, okay. <clears throat> but in all reality, that is as far as we are going to get to in James today. We're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about the author. Uh, and so this will serve as an introduction to the book. Uh, there's some information that we have to know before we start studying the book of James. Uh, first, let's talk about the author. Uh, the author is uh, James. Now, that may sound obvious, but there are actually four Jameses in the New Testament. Uh, first, there is James, the father of Judas Iscariot. There is James, the son of Al Alphaeus. Uh, there's also James, the son of Zebedee and the brother of John. And the writer of this book is actually James, the half-brother of Jesus. Now, I find it interesting here that when James announces himself as the writer of this book, he says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So out of anyone, he could have said, James, the brother of Jesus, right? But he didn't. He was humble when he was, uh, he was saying who this was from. He says, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's literally putting himself low. Uh, that is, if anything, we can learn from that right there. James, the brother of Jesus, saw himself as a servant of Jesus. But some more about James. Uh, he was an unbeliever uh, during Jesus' ministry. Uh, we can see this in John 7, 5, uh, where it says, for even his brothers did not believe in him. So during Jesus' ministry, his brothers did not believe that he was the Messiah. Uh, next, we see that he was with the believers after the ascension. So some point after the resurrection of Christ, uh, James came to believe in Jesus as the Messiah. And then after the ascension, it, in Acts 1.14, uh, James was there. Uh, it says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So James was present at this moment. Uh, we see later that he became the leader of the Jerusalem church after Peter had left. Uh, we see this in Acts twelve seventeen. It says, but motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. 
And he said, Go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. So after Peter had left Jerusalem, uh, had been imprisoned, uh, he is sending this news back to the Jerusalem church. And he says, To James and the brethren. So he's signifying that James was the leader of the church at that point. Um, James was also a pillar of the early followers of Christ. Uh, we see this in Galatians 2.9. It says, And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived, perceived the grace that had been given to me, that they gave me and Barnabas to the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles and they should to be circumcised. Excuse me. <clears throat> we also see that James's final appearance in the New Testament is in Acts twenty one eighteen. It says, "And the following day, uh, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present." So that doesn't say much right there, but that is the last time that James appears in the New Testament. Um, now, he's talked about in some of these other letters, but uh, chronologically, this is the last moment that James is spoken of. Uh, it is believed that somewhere around here uh, that he was martyred in Jerusalem in A.D. 62. And here's one of my favorite parts. James had two nicknames. Uh, he was referred to as James the Just and Camel Knees. Isn't that kind of funny? They called him Camel Knees. Do you know why they called him Camel Knees? Because his knees were so rough because of all the praying that he was doing. See, he prayed so much that his knees were like leather. That's, that's an awesome nickname there, Camel Knees. You know, uh, it was pointed out to me when we were going over this book in class uh, that, can you imagine James here for a moment when he's praying? He's not just praying to the Lord. He's praying to his brother. He's talking to his brother when he's praying. Isn't that cool? So anyway, moving on. Um, about the book. Uh, about the book of James. Well, first, we have to understand the audience. Uh, the audience uh, is that this was written to those Jewish believers who were dispersed because of persecution. So at, the, at this time, the Jewish believers were scattered abroad um, because of the Roman Empire. So throughout the Roman Empire, uh, Jews were persecuted, uh, especially the ones that believed that the Messiah was coming. So they were persecuted at this point. Um, these were mostly poor people because of this. They, they had to leave their possessions behind. <clears throat> and the date of writing on this is sometime between AD 45 and 49. So this is actually believed to be one of the earliest books in the New Testament. So before all the Gospels were written, before any other book in the New Testament was written, James first wrote this letter. So James was a person of authority here. He was, uh, he was writing from the Jerusalem church. He was considered to be one of the leaders of all of the early Christians. And so people went to him for advice. Even the apostles would go to him for advice. 
Um, so James is a very wise, just man. Um, so it, it's interesting. You take this man who was the one of the uh, doubters of Jesus during his ministry, his brother, Jesus's brother, and after the resurrection, he becomes one of the wisest, one of the biggest leaders out of all of the early Christians. So it's, it's a very awesome thing. Now, an outline of the book of James. Um, if you want to know what my sermons are going to be for the next uh, five weeks, uh, look at the titles of these right here. Uh, so first we have a faith that endures trials and temptations. Uh, this is James 1, 2 through 18. Uh, understand that the chapter divisions in most of the books of the Bible are not completely accurate. They, those were added in later. Uh, so, but James is actually fairly close to those chapter divisions. So the first one, two, uh, 1, 2 through 18. And then we have a faith that consists of doing. Uh, this is James one nineteen through 2.26. Also, we have a faith full of wisdom. Uh, this is chapter 3, verses 1 through 18, uh, all of chapter 3, basically. Um, and then we have a faith that brings you close to God, uh, and that's 4, 1 through 17. And then we have a faith that wins out. Uh, this is 5, 1 through 20. In case you didn't notice, uh, these are all talking about faith. Uh, the central part of James is faith. Specifically, faith in action. So faith that does things. Uh, the key verse in the book of James, uh, this is kind of sums up the whole book, uh, is James 1.22. Uh, it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So be doers of the word, not hearers only. You see, when you read that, it's almost like he's speaking directly to us, right? Uh, we can sometimes just be hearers of the word, right? But James is saying, no, don't just come to church and listen. Don't just learn about the Bible. Be doers of the word. Go out and apply it to your lives. Go out and live out your faith. <clears throat> so what is faith in action? Well, first, uh, there are four types of faith uh, found in the Bible. Uh, first is historical faith. Then we have saving faith. And then working faith. And then the faith. Uh, so first, let's look at uh, historical faith this morning. Uh, this is a head faith. This is simply knowledge-based. Uh, this is just just about knowledge. It doesn't go any further than that. Uh, even the demons have this faith. Uh, we have to understand that. Simply knowing who Jesus is and that he was a person on earth, simply knowing that there is a God, that is not enough to save you. Uh, again, even the demons have this faith. James 2.19 says, You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. So it is not enough just to believe that God is. It is not enough that just to believe that Jesus was a person. Uh, you have to go beyond a historical faith, beyond just a head knowledge. Uh, again, this faith cannot save you. 
But the next type of faith, saving faith, obviously, is what saves you. This is a heart faith. So it's not only having the knowledge, but it's believing in your heart uh, that Jesus is your Lord. Uh, Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you have to move beyond just that head knowledge and have a heart knowledge of Jesus. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to skip one just for a moment and go to the faith. Right? Uh, the faith is the doctrine set forth by Christ. So that's what the faith is. Uh, it's, it's a noun. It's not just talking about faith that we have. Right? It's talking about the faith. So when you hear this referred to in the Bible, it is talking about the specific set of doctrines set forth by Christ. So it is his teachings. Uh, next Lastly, this morning, I want to talk about working faith. This is what the book of James is all about. And some will say that James contradicts uh, some of the other books in the Bible because they don't quite understand. It's, he, he's speaking from a different perspective. Um, the other parts of the Bible talk about uh, you are saved based off of your belief in God. But James talks about works here. He talks about works a lot. Well, so is James contradicting those statements? No, he is not. Uh, he, from God's perspective, you are saved based off of belief. But how can I know that you are saved? How can I know that you're saved? How can you know that I'm saved? Well, that is by works. So we show that we are believers in Christ based off of what we do. So that's mainly what James is talking about today. So when we get to some of those troublesome verses where talking about, you know, your faith is dead if you don't have works, well, that is what James is talking about from man's perspective, right? Your faith, faith is useless on earth without works. It saves you, but you're not doing anything. That's what James is getting at. And he's actually fairly blunt in stating this throughout this book. Uh, he's, he, he's almost angry when he's writing this. Uh, he's exhorting people into action. Um, so uh, today we need to think about this. You see, these general epistles, right? You can think about these being directly written to us. Uh, they are books that were written to general groups of believers, right? Well, that includes us today. Uh, now, specifically, this was written to the Hebrew uh, believers that were scattered abroad, but these epistles were written to churches. So th these are instructions for us today. And so what James is saying is that you believe in Christ, that's great. Uh, you're saved, that's great. What are you doing in the world to bring other people to know Christ? That's what James is focused on. Um, so that's why I actually chose this book for it to do uh, my first series here, uh, because I believe that we should get started and get working. Uh, that's my desire is for all of us and other churches too to get to work. Uh, that's that's what the Bible talks about. You know, uh, a lot of people also just look at the Bible as you know, are you saved or are you not saved? But most of what the Bible is talking about 
is how we are to live as believers. And so it, it, salvation is there, obviously. Salvation's a very big part. But most of these epistles are not talking about just salvation. They're talking about how you live as a Christian. And so we need to remember that when we're reading some of these epistles. And please remember that when we are going through the book of James. Amen. I know that was short today, but I'm not doing that well. So, <clears throat> um, Would you go ahead and pray with me as we close out? Dear Lord, uh, I thank you again for this wonderful church. I pray, Lord, that um, as we move through this book, uh, that you would be with us as we study um, and that you would help us to apply the word of God in our lives and to act it out, uh, to be doers of the word, Lord, and not just hearers. Uh, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like to invite the pianist and the song leader up for a song of invitation. You know, we talked about um, historical faith and saving faith this morning shortly. Um, but uh, remember, just knowing who Jesus is, that's not going to do it for you. Uh, you have to have that heart knowledge. And so if you're here this morning and you maybe have heard about Jesus, you maybe even believe that he was a person that existed on this world, well, I encourage you to move from that and ask him into your heart as your Lord and Savior. Uh, and maybe you're here this morning and you are a believer. You do have that heart knowledge, right? You do have that saving faith. Well, maybe you need to move past that this morning and move to a working faith. Uh, that, that is the next step in the progression. Have that working faith in your life.